And I was like, well, no, if you're going to the media and you're using the media for publicity, then you have to accept that we will ask you afterwards, you yep. know, what's going on, how it's happening, and follow that from then on. Or we're going to ask you hard questions when we do speak to you. Exactly, <laughs> you know, yeah, accept that. Radio Bruce News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they're proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, our regular wrap of all that has made news in beer this week. Sorry for the uh, live from lockdown. Uh, I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and uh, making sure that I don't disturb the working from home and the homeschool crowd uh, will do the best that we can. And joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt. Give me that trophy, Kierkegaard, and <laughs> give Claire, that trophy back, give back that trophy, Burnett. <laughs> oh, right. oh, I have I'm to be the I'm sorry. I stood, oh. I, once again, I stepped all over your line. <laughs> G'day, Claire. G'day, Matt. Hello, Pete. Oh, Pete, for a second there, I thought you were sort of, you had a hoarse voice and you may have, uh, you know, had some bad. uh, No, that was a bit that I'd been working on to um, highlight to the folks outside of Victoria that uh, things are very different in Victoria just at the minute. And you're whispering Uh, because you've got, you've got a two class, two homeschooling room there and and an office. a working from home uh, who's got a, a conference. So if the printer, uh, the Bluetooth printer, which is uh, situated right next to my uh, road podcast of 5,000, um, happens to go off unexpectedly, first uh, I'll shit myself because it, it, it just, like when you're actually printing something, you, you then sit there and wait for it. But when somebody else, and the girls can do it from their uh, room, you can do it from the, I can print There's something no from warning. the shed. Just all of a sudden just fires up. Go, what, what was that? There's no so, fire uh, in the hole. That's right. So uh, so just be aware. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but how, how's with you guys? Oh, Forget about us. How are you guys? I don't want to make a big thing of how life goes on up here um, mm. because we're very mindful of uh, the, the, the challenges. Uh, it nearly friends. didn't for you, Matt. You nearly got caught. I got it. Well, I got out a day. You know, it would have been mm. murky if I'd stayed till the Saturday. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the good news is, you know, Gab's is going to, it, it sounds like, Gab's managed to get their team out, you know, things. So, yeah, just very much thinking about all of our friends in... Um and can I just say, you, you, you guys know how um, how close to my heart Gabs is. Can I, can I just say how how good I feel for Mike and his crew that this time they actually dodged and the yeah. bullet missed them? Oh, I know. They've actually been all right because they managed it with... Um the Gold Coast and things events, didn't they? There well, was Gold a Coast few... had the Brisbane lockdown. Yeah, and so they there had was a, a 30% few. Decline. Yeah, that, but they that didn't affected, have it in yeah. Brisbane, which was very good. And then they man- so they managed to actually go ahead with it. So I hope this isn't like the future. But just yeah, it's been one thing after another after another, and um, so yeah, it was good to see that uh, they got they got they got out of dodge just in time. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, we we've talked a lot about Gabs. Um, in, not not sort of forestalling, but there's just no real Gabs news. No, that's right. But we do have some news, Matt. Would you like us to get into it? How about we yeah, try and stick to the uh, above the fold, below the fold formula this week? Should we do that? <laughs> we did go off piece last week, didn't we? We'll see how we go. Okay. And now we cross live to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of the stories making news uh, this week. And Claire, as I intimated in my um, opening, <laughs> uh, a good news story to come out of uh, a bad news story. Indeed. So... I'm sure everyone will have seen uh, that Deep Creek had to hand back their um, Champion Large International Brewery Award at the AIBAs um, because they entered the wrong category. So it's not quite a la-la-land situation. It was a genuine accident 
from them. Um, put put liters in rather than hectoliters. Which which case. we've done it. I mean, it's it's one it of the happens. things that it you happens. we expend so much mental and, and it, it's such a stupid thing to to, mm. to say. And but you, uh, it's and you kick putting two there, zeros yeah. on, taking two zeros off in, in in a sense. But when you're looking at um, beer volumes, it, it's an archaic um, measure that seems to come out of Germany and places like that. You know, America uses barrels, and mm-hmm. it, it's so easy to do that it would seem unusual that the application would ask for hectoliters, and I'm sure that goes back to the days of the big breweries when, um, you know, you, you're talking about such big sizes yeah. that they you measure the volume in hectoliters, but it's not a thing that craft really deals in. Um, so a very, very easy mistake to make. Um, but <laughs> as Michael Donaldson, who filed our story over the weekend, mm-hmm. said, um, had the figure that they'd entered be right, they would be responsible for half of New Zealand's beer production <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so Interesting. Um, but fair play to them. They were quite graceful, weren't they? Yeah, and it, and it really does, um, like their, their response to it. And because and, the other thing too is that it was started by them. It was you know, like they, they looked into the – because Scott and uh, Paul, um, who I caught up with um, – I've known Hamish um, for quite a while, Hamish Ward, the, the brewer, and they're, they're just a, they're a terrific outfit. Um, it's very much a, a, an all-encompassing – I've never actually been there, um, but they're, you know, Deep Creek Brews and Eats, I think it's called. So it's, it's very much sort of a, that very family-friendly uh, – looks like a really great model. Um, but I hadn't met, I hadn't met the, Paul and Scott uh, until – and they said, oh, look, you know, we were quite surprised because, we you know, I think – 2017, they won the Champion International Small Brewery. Then they had expanded capacity and then won the International Medium Brewery. So it, it, it wasn't necessarily a surprise because they have increased their capacity again, I think, but obviously not enough to put them into the, the large brewery category. But um, And look, fortunately, you know, as I it was a, a lesson in how to, uh, you know, respond to a situation uh, and, and come out of it. Um, I think, you know, uh, a lot of people know about them now, perhaps who would not have. So, mm. uh, you know, lemons into lemonade. That's it. They did good. They did good. And, and, and very much uh, the, the positive, you know, classy way that they handled mm. it. Um, you know, it, it was great. Now, speaking of uh, growing capacity, um, <laughs> you guys up there on the Sunshine Coast seem to be growing your capacity for breweries, but is it sustainable? Well, that's an interesting one. And uh, we had a quick chat to Josh Donahoe, who, who's the founder of Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours. Um, they had their fifth birthday. So it's kind of a nice reason to sort of chat to someone who's sort of ancillary to the brewing industry. But obviously, you know, the growth of breweries up there has, when you don't think about it, what you don't think is that, you know, all these other industries that grow up around a brewery when they're growing that big. And so we've had Brouhaha, we've had Your Mates, um, we've had Moss, um, all either opening or planning on opening a new site and really expanding capacity um, and I, I we sort of had a really interesting chat because we chatted about the sort of tourism and hospitality side of it um, and Josh was saying you know that they're struggling with um, people's changed behaviours when booking everyone's doing much shorter holidays they're doing like the weekend it's insane he was like you have to book Easter now like you should be doing Easter 2022 now because it's going to be insane um, and they were he was like you obviously prefer if people book for five days rather than two but because of this uncertainty, as shown by the Victoria lockdown just recently, 
you know, it could happen at any moment. And I think people are really cautious, erring on the um, side of caution still. Um, but he says, you know, things are looking up. And obviously, because of the breweries are doing so well, that's fantastic. Um, but that it always brings the question, apparently he gets asked all the time, you know, are we going to ever reach saturation point? Like, are we ever going to be like, no, we can't sustain this number of breweries? Um, and it was interesting because obviously we've, they've still got room to grow there population growth is going through the roof um they're still very much in Queensland but now they're looking outward so there's potential for outward growth um to other states but I think the idea was that they will get that critical mass point and if people want to expand rather than just staying as a small local tap room that's when we'll start to see um some issues but he was also like I'd love to see someone open up a new brewery on the Sunshine Coast now I think um, it would be a brave move um so we'll see we'll see yeah, it's an interesting one because, yeah, like you say, a crowd brings a crowd. Um, is it the case of everyone just has to be you know, happy that the pie is bigger but their slice of the pie is smaller or, or doesn't get bigger yeah. maybe? Yeah, exactly. But, but then again, there's nothing wrong with competition because it does keep you sharp. If you're the only um, game in town, um, and we've seen this in uh, across many industries, that um, not that you get lazy, but it's mm-hmm. just that perhaps you don't improve service because you don't see where your service needs to improve until somebody else comes along and offers, you know, something different, better, cheaper, more family friendly, uh, you know, goes with whatever the, the current trend is. It'll be interesting to um, to see. Um, now, the only other thing better than, I guess, adding five new breweries um, into an area would be to have five breweries in under one roof. <laughs> under one roof. Exactly. Um, so this is an interesting one. We wanted to look into a little bit more about the brewery's motivations. Uh, so five breweries are signing up to a new venue in Newtown um, in Sydney, dubbed the Urban House of Brews. Um, so this is still in the planning phases, um, but Moo Brew, Urban Alley, um, Western Australia Spinifex, uh, Murray's in New South Wales, which did have a Sydney venue but is not there now. It's um, more regional. Uh, and Catchment Brewing in Brisbane have all signed up for this venture. So it's interesting sort of background to it, but basically they get 10 taps, their own bar, they can brand it however they want, um, I believe there's some contribution that they make to this project, um, although we haven't dug that far into it yet. Um, still early days, um, but it's interesting to see. Uh, they're going to be in this historic hub theatre, which is like an old vaudeville, you know, like variety type thing. Um, and it's been empty for like 20 odd years. It looks like a massive project. So mm. I'll be really interested to see how it goes. Um, there's so many pitfalls to something like this. Um, but I spoke to Moobrew and they were like, look, to have a permanent place where we'll always have our beers on in a place like Sydney is just invaluable. Um, Lauren Shepard, general manager for Mubru, um, she was saying, you know, the the branding, the, having that per, like permanent place there is just so worth it. Um, and I believe, and that was sort of echoed by um, um, Matthew Newbury at Catchment. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because it's also an interesting array of breweries and that some of them are actual breweries, some of them are brewery brands um like spin effects who i think are getting their own brewery um and all different ages completely different like brands and styles and everything so it'll be interesting to see how that all comes together which i guess on one hand is a positive mm. because you're not going to have you know five of the same breweries but then the other side the other element is is it a little bit scattergun that mm. the, the, the that yeah how do they all meld yeah how yeah. do they all meld and you know speaking when, when i was in melbourne i spoke to a number of, of um breweries uh, particularly in that 
region um, of, of Sydney asking what they thought about it. And it is a huge venue. There have been things trying to get up there for a long time. And the point that some people made was if you've got these five breweries, you know, on a quiet Tuesday night, for example, um, you know, either it's going to be heaving all the time, but there are quiet times in hospitality, you know, a Sunday night or a Monday night. Um, are you going to have each of those venues staffed individually, like each of the breweries staffed individually, or are you going to have one person, you know, which is going to really increase your costs on, on a quiet night? Um, because they're all separate little almost um, yeah, bars within the, the, the bigger venue? Or are you going to have to have this high hospitality you know, service charge because you've got people that are there to run the, the bars individually? And you know, there, there's a whole lot of um, interesting perspectives about it. I can see the, 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 the reason why some of them see it as, a, as an easy way to get into the Sydney market um, without having to compete for tap contracts and turnover and those sorts of things. But mm-hmm. then there's also the question, um, you know, uh, Catchment in Brisbane, very small little brewery. I think it's, you know, three or 400 litre um, brew house. What, what's that in hectolitres, mate? <laughs> three <laughs> hectolitres, I think, mate. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, carry the one. Um, uh, um, that, yeah, like, and so given that they're barely in bottle shops across Brisbane, why are they looking at a presence in Sydney? You know, when they're a small little brew pub, um, I, I know that they've looked at, expanding and things so anyway it's a very very interesting it's one of those ones that you there's just that part of you that says uh, i don't know that this is going to work but then you never know because it's all about execution i'd love to see it yeah i'd like like to sort of see it once a bit more detail comes out to to sort of see it on paper because is is it going is there going to be a is it a brew pub so will it be no no there's no breweries so it's just bars so it's just just bars i get the feeling that it's separate bars on on different no, levels or different areas or if you look at the map they're, mm. they're all adjoining yeah so. yeah like next to each other and then there's like a yeah. um, mezzanine level with a cocktail bar so like a little bit like is. welcome to brunswick or um welcome to bowen hills but in an old theater very yeah. much like yeah. that Pete. yeah but in an old theater so it's um okay you know we'll see but yeah, it's we'll also see. I wonder if they're yeah, riffing right. off that concept it's also a part of uh, sydney's inner west that is very very heavily served by craft breweries already mm. and you sort of think well is there you know as I've said on the podcast before, one of the things that I think is the attraction of breweries these days is that they're not big, amorphous um, pubs. You know, when you go to a brewery, they have their own little communities. You know that this is a place that something is made on site and that's part of the attraction as much as the beer. Mm. Uh, There's also, you touch an interesting thing there, Matt, that's just made me think uh, breweries also have their own kind of personality. So Mm. how do you get Mm. five personalities that might all be do you either homogenise it or which, which then takes away maybe, you know, some of that essence of, of what makes them, you know, what makes Urban Alley Urban Alley, what makes Moo Brew Moo Brew. That, that, like even those two um, mm, alone different. are very different kind of, um, I guess, branding. And my jury is very much out on that. Like is it mm. we've just gone with whoever we could get? Yeah, or is it curated specifically is, is that what they which, were going again, for in, in that area different brands it's an interesting place to do it isn't it yeah oh, but yeah. you know it, it's it, it's interesting fact versus reality um 
the media release said, you know, everyone that we approached, um, you know, wanted we had to cull the list of down to, to the five that we selected. And then I spoke to a number of breweries who were approached and said, no, we didn't want to touch it with a, with a barge pole. Um, so, you know, the, the organiser is going to be spinning it the way that he says. Yeah, of course. Um, and, you know, was, and you want it to succeed. And you want it to succeed, but were these five breweries selected because they were the best of a big group that applied? Or were they the, selected because they were the Stephen Bradbury's who were, you know... <laughs> um, You're awful. Uh, I mean, to be fair to me, Brew, I don't think there's that many other breweries in Tasmania that would be able to... Well, and that was the yeah. thing, and, you know... Moobrew undoubtedly gives it um, credibility because mm-hmm. they are, you know, a, a very well financed, you know, smart mm-hmm. um, brand, mm-hmm. um, and, and they are very focused on that brand and that mm. sort of um, just that kind of culture and everything. So I feel like they'd have thought into it. Yep. So well, yeah, and look, it may, it may be it that it, they're, they're specifically aiming at something at a market that is not already served by people who, you know, go to batch on a Sunday afternoon or, or pop down to filter or then walk up to grifter or, um, you know, young Henry's or whatever it might be. So maybe they're, they're, they're looking at aiming at, um, you know, taking away from uh, rather than the small breweries around there, you know, perhaps the, the bigger yeah. uh, soulless yeah. pubs. Mm. It'd be interesting yeah. to say, interesting. You mentioned Stephen Bradbury there, Matt, um, <laughs> yes. because in, last man standing is a, a brand up, your way, I think, isn't it? That's absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, in fact, do, do you remember a couple of years ago at the? Uh, actually, we might we might whack this in below the fold because it's not actually a news item. <laughs> okay. um, no, no, but it was just a nice segue yeah. into because it just occurred to me that you know he was a winner, and ABAC would probably look at that and say, <laughs> "Oh, I don't know if we can promote, you know, beer and winning." Um, but ABAC uh, recommends Claire some complaint time limitations. Indeed. So they've actually this is an interesting one. So there's absolutely loads of. Um, adjudication decisions from ABAC. So I just rounded them up quickly. Um, They cover some usual stuff like um, having age restrictions for the people that are in your ads and then the associations with alcohol and like high-risk activities where you need to be um, alert or have high levels of coordination or whatever. Um, But one interesting point was that a panel had clearly got sick to death of doing, um, of judging on social media posts from like six years ago. So they they did, um, they judged a five-year-old post from the Smi- Smiling Samoyed Brewery. Um, and they were really quite scathing about having to do these. They were like, there's no, there's little public benefit to judging these posts. They recommended that they put time limits on these sort of things so that whoever is trawling through brewery social media for sometimes decades, like I think we had one from about Pirate Life from nine years ago um, and that was last year and we were all like, what? how on earth did anybody even find that? And that's exactly what ABAC said, you know, the chances of the public finding these are so slim that and normal people wouldn't go through that kind of, le- like in that kind of tooth comb detail. They were like, we need to stop doing this effectively. So hopefully fingers crossed they recommended it this adjudication panels recommended that they actually put time limits on it so i don't know what it'll be whether it be 12 months or two years or five years or whatever but hopefully we won't be seeing any more of these ridiculous posts from ages ago um and that was really my takeaway from all that so yeah, yeah hopefully we'll see that but look um, look and and well done to them as mm. i say it's, it's, it's possibly yeah, just a, a, a gentle backhander to just sort of say to any coordinated organized groups <laughs> who might be 
um, you know. Uh, no, Pete, these are concerned members of the public. <laughs> of course what are you are. talking who about? Are troubled, <laughs> who are troubled oh. by the amount of alcohol advertising that there is. <laughs> and have really good knowledge of the ABAC code. And, and have <laughs> other things going on in their lives and just happen to stumble on a post from six years ago <laughs> because they were really into the brand and then yeah. troubled by that brand's very irresponsible use of social media promoting oh. alcohol. Exactly. <laughs> Look, the one thing um, that I do love about it is that it always gives us a great opportunity um, to talk about labelling um, <laughs> and to mention people like our very good friends at Rallings Labels, Stickers and Packaging, Matt and Claire. Um, did you know that they're not able to just supply labels for your cans or bottles, but they can also supply printed or blank cartons? They do can trays, tap decals, barcodes, shrink sleeves, um, already applied to empty beer cans just ready for filling because the guys, they're probably sick of, you're probably sick of hearing it, but, you know, everyone keeps saying to them, well, not people who listen to this because they know that um, don't ask where the brewery would buy a shrink sleeving machine and where would you put it and how do, how do you apply the sleeves to the cans. You don't have to worry about that. The cans come to your door pelletised and ready to fill. Nothing more to do. So give the guys a call on 1300 852 235 to discuss further. Uh, in some more good news, Colonial Brewing Co. has signed with um, North Melbourne. Indeed. So a few months ago, I believe it was in March, um, we wrote up that uh, Colonial had lost the deal with Essendon, um, who'd signed with CUB, and obviously it was a bit sad. And they were, I think um, I spoke to Jenna Godley at the time, um, the marketing manager at Colonial, and she was like, yeah, we're really disappointed, but, you know, these things happen. It's it's sports partnerships, you know, they're... they're they are like that. They're pretty cutthroat. Um, and now they found a new one. Um, so, yeah, North Pe- North Melbourne official beer and cider partner is Colonial Brewing Co., which is fantastic, which we really like to see. Um, and, you know, we, we covered it back then. Um, we've seen a lot of these um, people going for basketball teams or local teams or whatever. And just the tie-up is just fantastic. It's good branding exercise. Um, and, yeah, well done to them. Good on you. And let's hope that some of the uh, colonial magic rubs off on North, who, uh, really? without putting too fine a point on it for those outside of the AFL states, uh, are <laughs> playing like a hat full of busted assholes just at the moment and can't can't buy a win. Uh, although they did beat my Hawks, so how, how, how about a wee travel? Oh, well, there we um, go. But, no, it is great. Um, and because the other thing too is I think, so the, the if memory serves, when we covered it, the colonial deal with... Essendon was for branding at Marvel Stadium, um, not not necessarily like on the on the Essendon jumper or or anything like that. No. Yeah. Um, whereas this one, I think, is is a full shebang. It seems. Or yeah, because because yeah. North also uh, their home ground is um, is Cologne, uh, Marvel mm-hmm. Stadium as well. Oh, okay. the Docklands yeah, Stadium, yeah. I think. So oh, cool. um, it'll be an interesting one to see whether it's the, the same thing over or um, or whether they've gone a, a different way. And it'll be interesting too to see whether or not you know the big house looks at this and says, ah, okay, well maybe maybe we need to to snip them up because presumably that's <laughs> what happened. It's kind of whack a mole last time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's another one popped up. Yeah. Anyway, um, now speaking of um, of good deals, um, how's 150 million sound? <laughs> Pretty tasty. Well, first of all, uh, well, Claire can tell the <laughs> oh, story, and then yeah. Pete can try and tell me where that 150 million dollars figure comes from because <laughs> no one else can. Um, actually, and it's a little double whammy on this one. So, yes, yeah, Stone and Wood owner Fermentum, they're wanting to raise up to apparently up to 150 million to build their new brewery. Um, we covered that. A while ago, they mentioned it in January when they bought um, Two Birds. So, yeah, they've brought in KPMG, for those who don't know, big four accountancy firm, um, to spearhead talks um, with some potential funders. And this is what they're what they're looking for, $150 million. And then 
Brick Lane is also in the running for a little bit of a fundraise. Yeah, well, Brick Lane, yeah, again, like the two, um, I mean, Stonewood is clearly bigger than Brick Lane oh, yeah. for now, but it's going <laughs> Ooh, to be we'll a, see, yeah. a, a bit of a race. But uh, yes, so, so Stonewood um, building a new production brewery just up the road from their existing brewery and have flagged for some time that they were looking at some capital for that. Um, I'll have a story that will probably be up um, including some quotes from Ross Jurisic, who I spoke to just about it, because the $150 million figure seemed quite interesting because when you look at their past figures and their past documents, um, they do have an employee share program. Um, and I, I think as part of that, you know, they, they have to value the business so they know what the shares are worth and uh, you know, so that there, there are figures available for that. And I think they valued the business internally at around about 165 $170 million. So if they're raising $150 million, that's a significant percentage of the what they appraise the value of the business. And the interesting thing was that if they are going to take external investment money um, as part of this, as opposed to going to their existing bankers or existing, um, you know, shareholders. Stakeholders, shareholders, yep. Um, the point that Ross made is that when you do that you know say your business is worth a hundred dollars you need to sell the shares to your new investors at you know 90 to 95 dollars they're not his figures they're mine just for clarity Mm -hmm. because you need to give them some room for growth you know for for return on their investment um if if they sell um you know because if 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 you sell at it you know at 100 percent on the dollar then the business need, needs to grow for them to get a return, which puts pressure on, on that was my understanding of what he was saying, which is interesting because it's the complete opposite of what equity crowd funders <laughs> do, where they go, well, our business is worth $10, but we're going to tell our most loyal customers it's worth $50 um, <laughs> and then give them Doesn't look good $8 in that light, worth of... No, no. <laughs> and it, it, it just shows how realistic equity crowdfunding valuations are. So it's a different, you know, it is a different mechanism. But, um, yeah, so I, I reckon that Stoner Wood should um, equity crowdfund now because I reckon, based on those figures, you know, they could be asking a billion dollars for the um, for, for the valuation. <laughs> and can I just ask, um, who supplied this quote? Street Talk can reveal Fermentum has tapped KPMG's team in Melbourne to spearhead <laughs> talks with potential funders and ask them for as much as $150 million for a schooner-sized stake in the business. <laughs> I promise that was not <laughs> us. That was no. the AFR. <laughs> but it's, like, it's, it's, it's their gossip column, which is interesting, that even yeah. you know, the, the most august, expensive uh, finance you know, publication yeah, yeah. in the country still has that sort of stuff because they love that stuff though the finance markets the law they run on that kind of bullshitty gossip but like, that's what I'm trying uh, to work out whether a schooner size is what, that I don't think they know what they mean by 150 that. million for a schooner although in the a finance market steak. that's not a lot really they well, deal with much bigger numbers than that yeah, on I don't a regular think that's, basis wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you go with a, a hogshead yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 million or a oh, firkin yeah. or something at least that's a firkin firkin big well, no, but that's, that's where I think they were saying, you know, schooner. So it was $150 million for a small, like not even a pint, oh, for I'm a small se- uh, slice of it. I'm going, well, no, $150 million. No. Was the whole yeah. bang nearly. I'm trying to think of, because Little Creatures sold, I mean, Little Creatures was smaller 612. than... $612 million? Yeah. Uh, are you sure about that? Oh, no, I had 280 in my mind. Or 216 yeah. Or was I, it 2016 they sold? 2016. Anyway. And it was a smaller volume. 
Um, but that was for full control because I always remember that when Coopers was being valued, Coopers did the same thing. You know, they have to do share buybacks for their um, because it's a, a lot of the shares have been handed down in wills. They need to give a mechanism for shareholders to. Um, buy out you know, or, or cash out um, and so they have to do these internal valuations and that was the whole basis of the Lion um, dispute um, 15 years ago was that some shareholders felt that they'd been lowballed. but the argument was well no because if there is much more value involved in complete ownership of a business than there is in just getting some small non-controlling share back and and that yeah so it's it's, it's all very very interesting but it's again it's it's great to see that you know Brick Lane and um, Stone and Wood are reaching the size that you know craft beer makers independent craft beer makers are you know hitting the mainstream financial media but also great Matt that um, 10 years ago we used to lament the fact that you couldn't buy a headline or a story in mainstream media about anything even vaguely resembling craft. It wasn't mm. really until maybe wow. three, you know, gabs started to become big that all of a sudden, you know, people wanted to comment on, you know, oh, these gabs beers. And, uh, and then, um, you know, we still can't get it for good beer week necessarily. You know, there's, there's snippets here and there, mm-hmm. but this is great to see that, uh, you know, at least we're getting not only, mainstream media but we're getting the mainstream media gossip column so yeah it's, and it's, it's not going to do financial, um, financial thing mm-hmm. yeah it's not going to uh, do stone and woods street cred any good with the people who go you know oh, they've got mainstream craft <laughs> but anyway i'm sure they won't give a who if they go 150 no, exactly. million dollars care much not <laughs> more beer for us all yeah. but, you know. cool. anyway um that's about it for uh for the news unless there's any breaking news uh, no. no, no, nothing's come through. No, nope. just been just been monitoring the um, you know, the Facebook page and that sort of thing. <laughs> There's nothing. And well done again to everyone for um, letting us know about the various stories and bits and pieces that yeah, are popping up. That's great. So thanks very much to Crime Alt, to Rowling's label stickers and packaging. Um, but now it's time for below the fold, and we start off with mailbag. Thanks to our very good friends at New Zealand Ale Trail. Head to www.nzaletrail, or one word, .com or at NZ Ale Trail on social media to find the best experiences in New Zealand that are beer-related. And unless you're in Melbourne, but start planning your holiday because you're going to need one once all of this is over. And, and it's going to come up in Below the Fold, but I'm just saying, New Zealand Ale Trail, don't forget the lagers, all right? I'm just saying. Because <laughs> i tell you what, some of the best Pilsners I've had come out of New Zealand. And if you like that New World kind of uh, hop character in your Pilsner, um, get amongst it. Uh, beer from um, Garage Project is, is absolute cracker, um, which I think is a bohemian Pilsner malt and um, single hop. I remember having that in the tank with oh. you at the brewery. Uh, oh, How good was it? Yeah. Yeah, that was, geez, that's, that's ages ago, wasn't it? That was um, Biavana. It was. Where we met John Hall. It was. Speaking of which, yeah, I, I interviewed John. Just a, a new idea we've got, just not, not, not for a new podcast as such, but three times a year I'm going to speak to John Hall and three times a year I'm going to speak to Pete Brown just for an over-the-horizon look at the trends and the things that are happening in those two. You know, they're two of the leading beer writers and commentators and... So I interviewed John yesterday for, for the first episode of that. And great chat. Listen out for it. Some very interesting things. Um, but then 
his podcasts have just started getting merch as well. So mm-hmm. he showed me his um, – their shirt says Defend Pilsner, um, <laughs> which was very nice. So I've put in an order nice for like a shirt it. for you, Pete, and I might see if I can wangle one. Um, it, it's always hard – because everyone takes a different size, but we'll we'll get a shirt that we can give away to whatever size comes. And he liked our shirt, so I'm sending him a couple of our um, ingredients technique um, uh, in, in what is it? ingredients technique and skill or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or good brewer, good brewer, good ingredients, good technique. Yeah, um, that's it. He, he liked that, and uh, then also um, great uh, that one of our shirts landed in France. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. Which which was very very cool. Um, was that Josh? It was Josh. Yeah, so Josh um Josh posted the photo because I'd, I'd sent it to his brother who sent it on to him, and uh, he was wearing it. And apparently he went to a. Actually, I don't think I've told you guys this because it was no. a private message. It wasn't on the Facebook group. Oh yeah. So he was wearing it at a French beer festival because he's become the apparently the g'day Josh, um, who I know is listening to this. Um, he said that he's become the ambassador for French beer festivals <laughs> uh, or um, beer in, in his general. neck of it. And everyone was loving the shirt and asking if they could, if if there was any objections, oh. if they translated it into French. Oh, um, brilliant! And uh, of course, like, you know, would it be le hype? Well, <laughs> <laughs> like bon ingredient or bon technique. <laughs> or hype. Um, yeah, so, and, you know, like, seriously, like, we don't even cover the cost of printing the shirts um, because we give so many away. But, so, yeah, it's, it's no skin off our nose if, uh, you know, ho- hopefully um, they'll credit us somehow. Yeah. Um, we'll be changing your tune if we start rolling in the money because of him. <laughs> <laughs> should it, wish you'd trademarked it then, wouldn't you? Le, le news de brasseurs. <laughs> yeah, the new yeah. the news of brews. So, so that was very cool. But so the shirts are if you know if you don't want to become one of our um, you know producers and pay like a monthly five or ten dollars uh, for for all of the joy and value you get from this um, podcast, um, or if you're a brewery and you don't want to come on as a paid subscriber, you can buy a t shirt. Um, you know, cover the cost of printing them and just give us a little bit of a cred when you wander around in your shirt at your next beer festival. Exactly. Um, don't forget also uh, to review us on iTunes or send us in an email and you can be in the draw for the letter of the week and you can also join our Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox, as many people have done. And I did notice, uh, kept popping up in my um, on my notifications, that a lot of people have um, requested to join the group. So I don't know how we, we've all of a sudden... We just seem to have these little... Yeah. Bursts where we get a. I a, think a somebody few. will post in. Oh, you know, there was this interesting discussion in on on, mm. on this other Facebook group, Radio Brews News, and then they posted another Facebook group. Um, so because some people obviously know the podcast, or some people, uh, one person because we ask um, for the code word, which mm. is soapbox. Um, but it's just more to get an idea of whether people are coming from the podcast or they're coming from. Yeah, are they uh, listening to us mm. and then enjoy, wanting yeah. to wanting to join the conversation? Um, and there's obviously spammers that we, you know, anyone who signed up to Facebook in you know June 2021 um, probably isn't bona fide. So um, yeah, we, it's just a way to block them out. Um, but yeah, then you get people going, I don't know what it is. Ask Claire. So they obviously <laughs> listen to the podcast. That's uh, people just That's use, I don't know, is it boom? Um, so it they haven't heard boom. that it's soapbox. But um, people who obviously listen to the podcast know the personalities. And, uh, yeah. um, and just remember, the conversations are, you know, they're, they're, they're nice conversations about mm. beer and sharing and knowledge sharing because we don't want to get our 
um, we don't want to get zucked the way that some of the no, exactly. looser groups. Uh, and also, Matt, just on a personal thing, if um, I don't know if there are any more out there listening, but if you are um, a Russian single model, um, <laughs> I've enough friend requests now. I've collected the full set, so you don't need to send <laughs> There are a lot of those. Yeah, I didn't want to sort of uh, go into specifics. But are there? I've never noticed. Do you, yeah. do you lot sweep them before I get to them? Is that um, what well, we do get some on, yeah. On, oh, okay. Um, they pop up from time to time. Um, <laughs> another one who pops up from time to time is uh, Ryan Lumby in Indeed. the Facebook group, who Claire talked about the beer cartel crowdfunding. Um, yeah, interesting. So we've obviously spotted it, and then people have posted it in the Facebook group. So thank you for that. Um, but Ryan says all crowdfunding is the same. So I'm not trying to have a go at beer cartel. But much to Matt's point on a recent episode, there's no details on perks, how much they want to raise, or even what they intend to do with the money until after the expression of interest period. It seems correct. Which again, that's and, and that's yeah. how um, these things work. So they've opened. They're, they're telling people that they're going to crowdfund, and if you look at any of the you can express your interest and part of the expression of interest is how much do you think you're likely to invest in this thing and so if you put $250 and there's 100 people um, all putting $250 then they'll go well we're likely to I think that's 25 hectolitres. Um, <laughs> I think that's, no, I think that's what, $25,000 or $250,000. Then that's what they said is their minimum mm-hmm. because the people are almost pre-committed to it and then they build hype on the day it opens that they hope that they you know zoom past that minimum expenditure. So it looks like this is the most oversubscribed thing. Geez, I'd better get in, otherwise I'm going to miss out so they can sail on to, to the big target. And, you know, it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um it, it, it's interesting that we haven't received a media release. <laughs> yes, that was very. Did you? Oh, I haven't. But no one else. Time. No, no. Well, <laughs> I don't think we've got it. No yeah. one else has either, because yeah. you know, if there's a media release, Beer and Brew would have written about it. Um, <laughs> Crafty, I haven't seen it on Crafty, so maybe mm. they're just relying on their social media. Yeah, um, potentially not necessarily media, because that's the point. And I know that. Um, I think it was Matt at Birchall, but don't quote me on that. Um, uh, it was a long while ago, but we did a um, equity crowdfund. We did a story on it. I think it was just a small brewer, and it ended up not going ahead, or it didn't get the target yes. that they wanted. And they just wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't talk to me for like. And they were happy um, to have a story about it. And they wanted when us they to were t- in yeah, their yeah. Phase. Everyone, that's thing. Were. Everyone wallpapers yeah, the, yeah. The, the the media with um, media Isn't releases this amazing? when they're but opening like, it. Yeah, yeah. But then when it failed. They don't want to they, talk and about I it. ended up talking to them in the end, um, but I think I ended up talking to the platform. So I'm thinking it wasn't virtual now. Uh, but anyway, uh, and I was like, well, no, if you're going to the media and you're using the media for publicity, then you have to accept that we will ask you afterwards, you yeah. know, what's going on, how it's happening, and follow that from then on. Or we're going to ask you hard questions when we do speak to you. Exactly, <laughs> you know, yeah, accept that. Um, <laughs> well, I think too that, you know, we've we've proven, we've got runs on the board in terms of um, not holding a torch to, you know, to, to people's feet, but, um, but in, in terms of... We are respected as a voice in the industry. So there are people out there listening and go, well, if, if Pete and Matt and Claire, um, you know, pump this up, then may, maybe I, you know, that that's good mm. enough recommendation for me. So we need to know that if, if something um, is worth doing, that we need to be able to, you know, prove why. Yeah. And and like and, and part of that is sometimes putting the, the hard word to get the to get the detail 
and the and the detail might be look we haven't actually got that far yet or mm-hmm. you know until we reach this amount we're not going to release anything that's fine we we can then tell you guys that and you can make decisions based on that but it it, it is important when you're asking people particularly in you know these times of uh, interesting dis, you know discretionary spending um that you know people want to make informed decisions so crowdfunding is a perfectly legitimate way of doing it i cavil a little bit when you know it, 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 when it's pumped, um, you know, with hype and sold as an investment, when clearly, like an investment is something you expect to generate a return from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just just as Batch, for example, you know, they'd clearly had an internal buyout of one investor buying other investors out, which to me gave a, a much truer valuation of the business than the equity crowdfunding valuations. Um, And, they were very reluctant to talk about that in the context of their equity crowdfunding. Um, so I, that's when I get troubled when it's sold as an investment as opposed to a loyalty scheme mm-hmm. that lets you, you know, gives you that emotional investment because it's talked about as a financial investment. In, in, um, you know, in terms of online retail, Beer Cartel are very good operators. You know, they, they really impress me the way that they've gone about their business. They're very smart. They've got a very good reputation. They, you know, invest very heavily in the industry and contributing to it um so it's no criticism of them um and we don't know what valuation they're they're putting on it Mm -hmm. um i just think that you know it'll be interesting to see how they do value it because they're talking about i think four million dollar revenues or something um from the business they're 25 percent growth it'll be interesting to see how they value that then and whether they use as a retailer and an online retailer, whether they use some of the brewery valuations as their metric, because if you've got a brewery that can make um, that is currently making five hundred thousand liters, but your brewery has the capacity to make two million liters, then you can scale up that production, you know, essentially with, with you know yeah. re- relatively cheaply. Yeah. So to sell four million dollars of revenue to to move to five million dollars worth of revenue. Yes, you can lower some of your costs, but your product is still the biggest part of your um, outlaying. So it's it's going to be much more traditional revenue model, um, I would have thought, yeah, much more retail-based valuations. So, yeah, look, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but, again, great organ, you know, great business. If you buy a lot of beer through Beer Cartel and you get a substantial discount, like if you're getting a 15 20% discount on your purchases and you are a, you know, you're buying, you know, a thousand dollars worth of beer um, from them a year, which a lot of people clearly are. Um, then that's yeah. There's a lot of reasons to be involved in it. Um, yeah. No. Exactly. Um, and this is one of the reasons I love listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but um, do you I listen pick to up it, things. Pete? I do. <laughs> Just the ones. Um, <laughs> I was there. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I was ben, there. yeah. ben Sykes on the Facebook page, mm. uh, a brewery to be located in an Abbotsford office space. I didn't hear about this one. Um, so this was actually a sponsored post. Um, should we? Should we have discussed it in news? Because it's sponsored, sure. so it's paid. But it's still an interesting development. So I mean, I'm. Let's talk you know about what, it now. You know what I'm like. <laughs> I'm terrible with sponsored posts. So am I. Um, 
anyway, well, let's go for it. Uh, so there's a property development company called Banco Group, and they want a brewery. Uh, they want a brewery in their new development, which is called The Office Project uh, in Abbotsford in Melbourne. So they've asked us to basically post this article um, and see if there are any brewers. There's like an expressions of interest phase, and you sort of tell them about your brand and what you do with the space and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so they, yeah, they asked us to put it on the site, um, and we got paid for that. Um, and this is why we're really bad at putting it in the news, but it is news, it is news. Um, so it's a really interesting one. We've done this for a few development companies before, actually. And it's really interesting from a wider perspective in that these development companies are massive. This is like a drop in the ocean to them, but the fact is that they're very keen on getting a brewery in to these um, mixed-use developments, you know, their retail, their office, their residential, there's a bit of everything. Um, and I think it's really interesting and um kind of meaningful that they would put themselves out there and say yeah let's have a brewery in there um and says a lot of things about what the wider world thinks about brewing as well um it, it, it says two things about the world one <laughs> that it's very attractive and, and it, that it's yeah, part of yeah. the street amenity and things like that and secondly having spoken to some operators they have absolutely <laughs> no idea about the profit margins no, no, involved no. in beer and they just no, sort of no, think no. oh geez there's so many brews Great they idea. must all be look making shiny, money look shiny and new. we'll just show yeah, it in there yeah. and then it <laughs> You know, See how it goes. Or are yeah. they looking so, as a developer? Would you be looking at something that will attract people that then benefits the other businesses and, and gives value to the I don't know, you know other people? Although uh, if it's office, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the equivalent would have been. You know, for resident, you know, for for development in the '90s, or you know, mm. it would have been. Cold Rock Ice Creameries would have been seen as an anchor tenant, or you know, whatever's flavour of the month. Yeah, they think that. If we can provide this cool urban landscape and amenity, mm-hmm. people are going to flood to us. It make, gives us a point of difference. Yeah. And craft beers are one of the things that are popping up everywhere. But that's also one mm-hmm. of the great risks for unsophisticated you know, people who go, oh, this is great. You know, and and, and you, you look at, you know, there's a great um, podcast, Build Me a Brewery, and a lot of discussions there and oh, yeah, very active great. discussions from people who are planning breweries. And I know a lot of them uh, listen to our podcast. But... And I don't want to come across as rude, but there are some of the conversations are a little bit naive and seem predicated on every brewery that you see existing and expanding is doing so because they're making money. And that's just simply not true. And it's mm-hmm. one of the dirty secrets about the industry. No one talks about the problems that they're having. Everyone wants to put a bit of rosy on on, on, on everything yeah. and, uh, and and that's what so yeah so not talking this down I don't know uh, about the development but really ask hard questions before you look at going into a development yeah. like this yeah <laughs> and that leads us very nicely onto the comment which was <laughs> um, so Ben Sykes on the Facebook page says um, as a result of this uh, I think we just hit Pete Craft <laughs> Have we all gone mainstream though? Does this mean we've gone mainstream, like well, officially like, as an industry? Because now a big, de- <laughs> big shiny developer who had never. There's, there's another fairly large brewery that already exists in um, in Abbotsford, oh, and I wonder if enough. maybe they would look. You're at not talking about Moondog by any chance, are you? Pete? And not talking about Moondog. <laughs> no, what? There's a bigger <laughs> brewery than Moondog in uh, Abbotsford. <laughs> yeah, and it's not Mountain Goat, um, <laughs> which is which is just the other side of Abbotsford, a different side of the street, but um, in that in that precinct. Uh, I just wonder whether, yeah, maybe the big house looks at something like that and says, oh, actually, we could do something, you know, that's a bit more customer-facing. Now, Pete, which brewery, which Melbourne brewery, and for some reason I think it's Three Ravens, started when a couple of engineers 
in Thornbury. Um, yep, so, because so, the um, the local uh, stopped, uh, took out the hand pump. Took out the hand pump, um, so, so they, they started couldn't get... Brewery. Is that Three Ravens? Yeah, Three Ravens, yep. yep. And still um, on the same site. Still on the same site. Great. But it's expanded a bit. And, and they, they, but they, at one stage, they tried to have a co-working space. They did for a little while. If you look on the in, in the Bruce News archives, there'll be a co-working space story um, with Three Ravens. So, yeah, look, it, it, it happens. Um, and, you know, maybe it works. I don't actually know that this is the sign of Pete Craft. I think the sign of this of Pete Craft is that there are so many breweries still planning to open. There are so many breweries, you know, on the Sunshine Coast to go back to the to the news the, all, all of the breweries that are expanding on the Sunshine Coast are, are building their production venues. And, you know, e- even then, production venue is used very loosely because they're very small pr- production venues mm-hmm. um, in, in the scale of production venues. But then you've also got Stone and Wood looking at building a $50 million brewery. You've got Brick Lane producing a $50 million. To me, if I was a little brewery, those are the two expansions that I'd be looking at because we're not seeing more pubs opening. You know, we're not seeing more taps. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not seeing more. We're not seeing more eighteen-year-olds being born who can legally drink. Who can legally? But, yeah. but, but we, we, in fact, fewer these yeah, days. Um, th- there aren't more taps coming on stream, and a lot of the taps that are are at competing craft brewery venues. You know, Stone. You, you, you'll look at Stone and Woods reach the size where Little Creatures has now brought out a um, Pacific Ale. Coopers has got a Pacific Ale. Um, you know, when you get to a certain size, you become the target. You know, mm-hmm. so Stone and Wood are growing. The original Stone and Wood is their big brand, um, but they've got a target on their back where it, you know it, it, it's going to be hard. And I think a lot of the small breweries risk getting caught in, in that space. Yeah. If you want to stand out from the crowd, I would recommend that you brew a pilsner. <laughs> And Michael Morgan in the Facebook group um, sent one uh, aimed at me slightly. Yes. <laughs> Read the rat and horn. Right, right. Definitely. What have you done to me, Prof? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's my only one. So this was a picture that he posted, uh, Michael Morgan from uh, Blaster Brewing, who I got to meet in, in real life at the uh, awards, and we had a and we had a Pilsner together um, mm-hmm. with uh, Paul Bowker from Brick Lane. So there you go, nice little tie-in. Um, but he posted a picture of his last can. I don't know what to do. It's my only one. So do I drink it and enjoy it, brackets, with a sheet-eating grin, <laughs> or save <laughs> it or drink it? And drink now it. He doesn't yeah, know. I have to say it. I was more than lucky to enjoy one from the bar at the ARBAs last week, so I might let this sit a couple more days. See, only a few more days. He's going to lager <laughs> it for a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got to oh, – I don't know. I, I'm torn. I've got one in my fridge. I've got to, I've got to admit it's my last one, and it's I don't know. Very if I keep it, if I keep it, and never yeah, open it. I never save it, any. Does it never go away? Like, is is it always there if I if I don't open it? Will that always exist? Ooh. I don't know what to do. Oh, torn. Go on, Freddie, drink it. Yeah, yeah. Drink, <laughs> drink it, drink it. Anyway, uh, that leads us, uh, whatever time we've got left, into Below the Fold. So thank you very much. Well, that, to, below uh, the, that was, that below, was the below the Fold. That oh, was Below the Fold. Oh, was it? Well, yeah. it was, was mailbag. Okay, I thought we had a Below the Fold folded Because I was going to say thanks to New Zealand Ale Trail um, hmm. for sponsoring the mailbag part of it. Hmm. Um, if you'd like to sponsor the Below the Fold part, it just gets oh, you, it'll just get lost. <laughs> you just be throwing good money after bad, <laughs> seriously. Apparently it's not a thing anymore. We can't. In all conscience, fit any more sponsors in without taking away. You know, like we, we barely talk about Cry Malt, um, who are you know absolute. Mm. Led, you know, we, we sort of say, yeah, thanks to Cry Malt from the beginning. Yeah, um, and have been from the beginning. And uh, so Cry Malt, Cry Malt, Cry Malt. Yeah, we, we don't need any more sponsors. But thank you to Cry Malt for making this possible. 
um, for being the coat hanger that all of the other. It could be room. It could be room for a partner though. So if, if you don't want to sponsor oh, us, but perhaps you want to look at some sort of financial partnership below the fold. Okay. Just saying, it could be a good opportunity for you. So my below the fold, I'm just going to say, and I don't want to jinx it, but I've booked a family holiday to the Sunshine Coast, first week of school holidays. Oof. So I know I've just jinxed it now because speaking it's of shit and grins. Some peanut and bureaucrat's going to say, no, you can't go. Well, I will, regardless, even if I have to drive to Albury, swim across the Murray, <laughs> then walk, I'm impressed and swim across dedication. the Tweed. I'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to uh, try to get to as many um, breweries as I can, uh, particularly the ones I haven't been to yet. So shout out to um, to Matt and Shazza at um, Moffat Beach. I'm planning to get down there somehow. We'll work it out. But um, yeah, that's 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 my plan. First week of the school holidays. When so, are the school holidays? June sometime. Two yeah, two weeks. Oh. Eighteenth, I think, or something like that. Fifteenth, eighteenth, something like that. Oh. Here's, here's fingers crossed for you, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so is that it? That, that's our episode done. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I so. There, there's nothing. There's no screaming issues. Um, that I wanted. We're to... still looking forward to it because we teased it last week. Uh, you did a uh, a beerist conversation, which I haven't caught up with yet. But um, uh, with the dollar bill, with that, that, that went up on Tuesday night. Great chat, had some really good feedback. Um, yeah, really. You know, again, it was a great chat because they were so honest about it. You know, <laughs> um, they're very genuine people. Very genuine people, but how small they are. You know, and you know, Ed still got his uh, day job. Fiona's you know uh, raising the kids, um, and. They're working a full time, um, and they're coming off the high of winning the most august trophy for beer in in the country. Um, and there was still that note of you know exhaustion in their voice and things like that. They're making fourteen thousand, I said fourteen thousand liters a year, I think. It takes them two years. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's twelve hectoliters. <laughs> what was one hundred forty hectoliters? Um, so yeah, it sounds even smaller then. Um, and don't forget too, this is coming off the back of the, they are the current reigning Indies um, champion beer. Although no, did we? You know, we had an Indies, didn't we? So theirs was 2019. We did have a, an it. Indies, yeah. an on- online yep. Indies kind of 2020. Yep. And just really lovely, lovely people who you know their enthusiasm and it's everything you want to celebrate um, about the craft side of the industry. But it's hard going. Like you, you, it's a commitment. Like you're really wanting to do um, what they're doing, and uh, yeah. So all, all has to go. Listen to the podcast and listen to next. Look out for next week's uh, where Claire. I do. Yes. So um, we sort of teased it last week, and then we had to double up, didn't we? Because the dollar bill one came. This week, um, discussion with uh, Kylie from the IBA, Tiff Waldron from Pink Boots uh, Australia, um, and Sabrina from uh, she's exec director at the Brewers Guild of New Zealand, and that was obviously about um, the sexism in the industry sort of issue happening. It's prompted by uh, Brienne Allen's uh, Instagram posts over in the US. Um, so we sort of talked about you know in the Australian context. How is that relevant? What what do we do about it? Um, all that kind of stuff. And we managed to keep it. There's so many different ways we could have done. We could have talked about diversity, inclusion, how to get more people from these different backgrounds in your brewery and things like that. There's so many ways we could have done it. Um, even making tap rooms more amenable to 
lots of different types, not just um, you know your, your bearded white man. Um, so we we went we went we went around the houses, but I think we managed to have a good little chat, uh, and it was a really tricky one. And kudos to everyone that sort of got involved, and thank you to all of them um, because it is a hard conversation to have. It's a really hard conversation to have, and there are no answers, and it, there isn't an easy fix for any of this. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting. So catch that on Tuesday. So I it's, think it'll go up Tuesday. Oh, uh, cool. Okay, so it's it's recorded. It's gone into post production. Yeah. Released. Keep an eye out. Tuesday uh, leaves us to just thank Cry Malt. Don't know if you've heard of them, Matt. Cry Malt, <laughs> oh, mate. Can't thank them. Major enough. sponsors. Seriously Over twenty-five years in the enough. field. Yep. Yeah. Uh, to Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging, and to our good friends at New Zealand Ale Trail, and uh, we should mention too because I forgot to that um, our letters, letter writers, commenters, all that sort of thing. If you haven't already, um, we'll get a bar blade. Thanks to our good friends at Thirsty Merchants. And if you've been mentioned on this podcast, uh, make sure you follow us up. Um, with your address, and we'll yeah, don't be, to you. yeah, don't be shy. Just send, send us an address so that we can we can look after you because we don't want to, you know, no, I didn't, didn't get anything. Well, and sometimes know, we forget even when they do send it through. So <laughs> yeah, come on, Sam, lift your game, champion. All right, uh, thanks very much, Matt. Thanks very much, Claire. Thanks, Pete. Pete. Have a good week. I'm going to have a good week because I can now go ten kilometers instead of five kilometers Ooh, in my car. Very nice. Um, in my mask, um, and I can have, I think. Ten people instead of five people. I can have fifty five. at my funeral. Oh, instead well, of five. Yeah. So you know, there's you know, be dark thought, people but, hankering you know, for hey, silver linings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so until next week, uh, I've been your host, Pete Mitchum. This has been Brews News Week. Thanks very much for joining us, and we'll see you again for the next episode. But until then, drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other, and wash your damn hands and wear a mask. And wear a mask. <laughs> and we're out. Boom. Feeling that one. Not good. <laughs> Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.